Hey, Abbott, what time is it? It's time for the Abbott and Costello Show. We're on the air for ABC here in Hollywood. Well, what are we waiting for? Let's go with the Abbott and Costello Show. Yes, it's the Abbott and Costello Show, produced and transcribed in Hollywood for your listening and laughing pleasure with chuckles with the carload and music by Matty Malnick. So hold on to your chairs, folks, for here they are, Bud Abbott and Lou Costello. Hey, Abbott! Hey, Abbott! Hey, Abbott! Oh! Bye. Top of the morning to your faith and be gory, Matushla, Glockamora, and the House of Murphy to you. Wait a minute, what is all this? You know, this is St. Patrick's Day and I'm celebrating. Well, wait a minute, what are you wearing that is green? Well, that's the old solid gold watch you gave me for Christmas. <laughs> now that you mention that watch, Costello, I bought that in Ireland. I know it, Abbott. Listen to the watch. Well, uh, what do you know? Half past Barry Fitzgerald. <laughs> Cut this out, Costello. Where have you been all afternoon? Well, Abbott, see, I went to a picture show over in Hollywood Boulevard. I saw a wonderful picture called When the Howling Coyotes Meet the Riders of the Purple Sage on a Lone Prairie Under a Texas Moon. What's the picture about? Two jockeys at Santa Anita. <laughs> I met a beautiful blonde in the theater, and I said to her, Miss... You are the epitome of womanhood, and the graceful flowing lines of your gorgeous figure are the flawless perfection of femininity. <laughs> femininity! I heard it, I heard it. I like the word, femininity! All right, all right, you said it. where did you learn so much about women? I read that small print on a corset ad. I say, did you take this girl home? Yes, when I was kissing her in the hall, I accidentally stuck my thumb in an electric light socket in the wall. And what happened? That girl is now a stoplight on the corner of Sunset and La Brea. <laughs> How a girl could ever go out with you? Uh, with you, a uh, stupid, illiterate, clumsy... Just a minute, Abbott, I'm not stupid. You're not stupid. Oh, no. You can't even recite the alphabet. Yeah, well, listen to this. A, B, C, 1... D-E-F-2, G-H-I-3, J-K-L-4. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Why are you saying the alphabet that way? Because I learned it off a telephone dial. <laughs> Costello, were you born an imbecile? No. What I am today, I owe to my mother. Get him out of here! Get any further involved in nonsense. Here's a thought that makes good
now. I love you so, Abby. What's on your mind? What's on my mind? Yes. My mother wants to thank you for that St. Patrick's Day present you sent her. She says it's the cutest little washing machine she ever had. Washing machine? Mm. You dummy, that's a mix master. You know, I thought it was funny. Every time she put in a tablecloth, she got back 12 napkins. <laughs> what did you give your mother for St. Patrick's Day, Lou? Well, I gave her that garbage disposal that I want on Stop the Music. You want, you want a garbage disposal on Stop the Music? Yeah, they're wonderful people on the show, Abbott. They not only gave me the garbage disposal, they also gave me a five-year supply of garbage. <laughs> Costello, you, you've got to stop hanging around these quiz shows. You're just wasting your time. No, I am not. Yes, no? you are. I was on a new quiz show last week, and it's a California frost warning show. Uh, the fro frost warning show has a quiz show? What's the name of it? Stop the weather. <laughs> You should have seen the prize they had. 50 tons of star-kissed tuna. A smudge pot for every female member of your family. A thousand sets of general squeegee tires. A pool table for every room in your house. A carload of strong, hot dog food. A package of lifesavers. All the iodine your family can drink for one year. <laughs> your entire house will decorated with flypaper. 500 pounds of coffee from Brazil and a beautiful senorita to have breakfast with you for the rest of your life and serve you the Brazilian coffee. Who won all this? I did, but I had to turn it down. Why? You know I don't drink coffee. I... <laughs> Why, does coffee keep you awake, Lou? No, but it helps. <laughs> around talking like an idiot. Because idiots go around talking like me. <coughs> well, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. Remember, I'm working with you. Do you want these people to go out of here thinking that I'm a jerk? Why not? That's the way they came in. <laughs> That's a fine way to talk to me. That's gratitude. After all the things I did for you. What things? Remember the time you got locked in the cellar and couldn't get out? Yes. Who fed and, who fed and took care of your dog for three weeks? You did. Who pushed food through a little window to you all the time you were locked in there? You did. And last March, when you disappeared, nobody heard from you. Nobody knew where you were, and nobody had the slightest idea where to locate you. Who finally found you? The man from the income tax. <laughs> I don't blame them for looking for you. I, I hope you send in your tax return this year. I certainly did, Abbott. Every American could send in his income tax to Washington. They should do that. It's the patriotic thing to do. Well, I'm glad to hear you say that. And besides, they watch you too close. <laughs> I hope you filled out your estimated uh, return for next year. What's that? Well, that's the part of the income tax uh, blank where it says uh, estimated income for 1949. They want you to guess how much you're going to make next year. Oh, sure, I filled that out and I sent it in, but I didn't sign my name to it. Well, you idiot, if you didn't sign it. How will they know who it's from? Abbott, if they want me to guess how much I'm going to make next year, then let them guess who sent it in. <laughs> and if they don't stop raising the income taxes, it's going to break up the whole country. What do you mean? Well, at the last session of Congress, they took a vote, and I'm proud to say that California was voted the state most likely to secede. <laughs> Oh, forget about the income tax. You know, today is St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's Day was caused by income tax. What do you mean? 
Everyone pays their income tax on the 15th of March, don't they? Right. Then two days later, on the 17th of March, people march in parades all over the country. Well, what have people marching on St. Patrick's Day got to do with uh, the income tax? Don't you get it? They have to march. They ain't got enough money left to ride. <laughs> Uncle Louie, Uncle Louie! Hey, Uncle Louie. <laughs> it's Abbott's nephew, folks. Sincerely, it is. What are you so excited about, Norman? Well, I just rushed over here, Uncle Louie, to tell you that they finally caught those two guys. What two guys? The two guys that voted to raise President Truman's salary. <laughs> I gotta set a trap for that. <laughs> There's a smart kid, Abbott. They learned, he, <laughs> he learned to skate before he could walk. Oh, that's silly. How could Norman learn to skate before he could walk? He had to. When he was born, he was so ugly that his folks kept him locked in the icebox. <laughs> You want to be careful what you say about Norman. Remember, he's a pretty tough kid. And he comes from a tough neighborhood. He comes from a tough neighborhood? Yeah. Abbott, the neighborhood I come from in Patterson, New Jersey, was so tough that when I was going to school, if we saw a kid on my block with teeth, we were sure one thing. Uh, what was that? He was either a stranger in the neighborhood or he was wearing upper and lower plates. <laughs> uh, you aren't so tough, Costello. Why, for two cents, I'd punch you in the nose. I beg your pardon? For two cents, I'd punch you in the nose, myself. Oh, yeah? Yes. Go ahead and see what happens. Okay. Well? See what happened? It's bleeding. <laughs> well, I'm glad I punched you in the nose. You had it coming to you. When I was at your house last night, your brother Pat accused me of stealing a bottle of his champagne. You're the most honest man I know. Well, thank you, Costello. Makes my blood boil to hear people talk that way about you. I'll find anybody that even insinuates that you're dishonest. Gosh, Lou, I'm sorry I punched you in the nose. You're a real pal. Uh, let's have a drink on our friendship, huh? Okay. Well, uh, uh, what will you have? How about opening that bottle of champagne that you stole of my brother? <laughs> uh, Costello, I, I, I haven't got the champagne. Oh, drank it all up, eh? <laughs> I didn't take the champagne. All your brother Pat has got uh, is circumstantial evidence, Lou. It's no use, Abbott. It's written all over your face. What's written all over my face? I don't know. I can't read. I... <laughs> I'm discussing with you. I'm going to leave you and I'll leave California. I can't stand this weather anyway. Well, Abbott, there's nothing wrong with the weather in California. The California weather is very healthy. It's the people that get sick. <laughs> Mr. Costello, Mr. Costello... I have a message here for you from your Aunt May. What is it, my good man? Your Aunt May said to tell you that your Uncle Mike swallowed a half dollar and it's stuck in his throat, and he's choking to death. And she wants you to come over Sunday and help get it out. Well, if he's choking to death, Anna, why is she going to wait till Sunday to take it out? Well, she figures she won't need the money till then. <laughs> if Gabriel Heater is listening in, there's all jokes tonight. That was another one of Abbott's relatives, folks. Hey, Abbott, why don't you go right through with the deal and get your wife on the show? You mean you'd like to have my wife on the show? I'd welcome her with relish. Why with relish? Because she's got a shape like a hot dog. <laughs> she has not. My wife has a gorgeous figure. Not another one like it. When they made her, they threw them all away. Yes, some guy found it, and he's been making ash cans ever since. <laughs> Costello, I'll have you know that my wife has been offered a job at Earl Carroll. What's the matter with the scrub woman they got now? I... <laughs> scrub woman? They want her to appear in the finale of the show wearing a bathing suit. And when my wife wears a bathing suit, she attracts plenty of attention. I'll say she does. She was floating on her back in the water at Santa Monica last Sunday and three Catalina flying boats landed on her chest. 
boys. Well, hello. Oh, hello, Viola Vine. Viola Vine, Lou. Gee, Viola, I'm glad you came over tonight. How's about you and I stepping out after the show? You can come with me to the dog show. You're going to the dog show? Yes, and I expect to win a blue ribbon with my setter. Costello, from where I'm standing, you can't miss. <laughs> Did it again. All right, Costello, calm down. She's only fooling. Oh, Lou, don't be so touchy. I you... can't help it. Gee, you're always... Oh, uh, come on, you, you know I'm really crazy about you. Oh, if you... <laughs> yes, I am. And to prove it, I'm going to take you to the opera next week. Now, Monday night, they're playing Hansel and Gretel. Tuesday night, they're having Samson and Delilah. Wednesday night, they're having Tristan and Isolde. What night would you like to go? The night they're having spaghetti and meatballs. <laughs> <laughs> spaghetti and meatballs. That's the trouble with you. You know nothing about opera, nothing about culture. <laughs> Mr. Abbott is right. You need more culture. You should become literary, But Well, gee, I, I always try. <laughs> Look, read good books. Oh, oh. <laughs> books are your best friend. Don't lose your place, do you? <laughs> <laughs> Whenever you're lonely, pick up a book. When you feel like stepping out at night, don't do it. Pick up a book. When you feel like going out with a girl, pick up a book. Well, so long. I've got to go now. I've got a date with Gregory Peck. Uh, Viola Vaughn, after all those things you got through telling me about how wonderful books are, you're going out with a man? Sure, I'm lucky. I never learned to read. <laughs> <laughs> so long, Pastor. That's only half the fun, folks. Just as many laughs yet to come. But first, listen to this. Spotlight turns to how winters our singing star. Here he is with Matty Malnick and his orchestra. Now Clancy was a peaceful man, if you know what I mean. The cops picked up the pieces after Clancy left the scene. He never looked for trouble, that's a fact you can assume. But nevertheless, when trouble would press, Clancy lowered the boom. Oh, that Clancy, oh, that Clancy. Whenever they got his Irish up, Clancy lowered the boom, 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 boom. O'Leary was a fighting man, they all knew he was tough. He strutted round the neighborhood, a-shooting off his guff. 
He picked a fight with Clancy, then and there he sealed his doom. Before you could shout, oh, Dilly, look out! Clancy lowered the boom. Oh, that Clancy! Oh, that Clancy! Whenever they got his Irish up, Clancy lowered the boom, 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 boom. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Mulrooney walked into the bar and ordered up a round. He left his drink to telephone and Clancy drank it down. Mulrooney said, who drunk me drink? I'll lay him in his tomb. Before you could pat the top of your hat, Clancy lowered the boom. Oh, that Clancy, oh, that Clancy. Whenever they got his Irish up, Clancy lowered the boom, 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 boom. Boom, 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 boom. A Houlihan delivered ice to Mrs. Clancy's flat. He'd always linger for a while to talk of this and that. One day he kissed her just as Clancy walked into the room. Before you could say the time of the day, Clancy lowered the boom. Oh, that Clancy! Oh, that Clancy! Whenever they got his Irish up, Clancy lowered the boom. Boom, 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 boom. Clancy lowered the boom! Got a nice voice, that kid? I know all about He's it. He's going places. I know it. In fact, he just left the building now. <laughs> all right, Costello, come on out here. Look. Who were you talking to on the phone? My Uncle Mike. Boy, is he in trouble. My Aunt May just threw him out of the house. She'd done a terrible thing. What did he do? Well, you know them two towers they got marked his and hers? Yes. Well, he used hers. Right. <laughs> Costello, I'm ashamed of you. How can you come out here in front of intelligent people and make such a statement? Do you want everybody to think you're a moron? Well, if I didn't, I wouldn't have a tattooed on my arm, would I? Well, never mind that. Our secretary, Viola Vaughn, has been complaining about you, too. Well, I don't believe it. Viola and I are good neighbors. She lives right next door to me, and we're very friendly. Costello, Viola would make a nice wife for you. Her folks are very rich, and you should do all you can to win her. Not me, Abbott. Her family's too snooty. Yesterday, her mother was driving along in a 1949 Hudson, and... Her 1949 Hudson? Why, just last week, she bought a 1948 Hudson. I know, but she had to get rid of it. The ashtrays were full. <laughs> anyway, I don't need to marry no rich girl. I'm making plenty of money in my detective business. Hello, what is your Sam Shovel detective mystery about that? Well, it's a very intriguing case, Abbott. I call it the case of the cannibal who cooked the long-haired musician, or it was his first square meal. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds terrible, but let's do it. Yes, I'm Sam Shovel. Sam Shovel, private detective. He needs help tonight. I just left the locker room of the gym of the YAMCA. I'm walking to my little office. I think I'm being followed. I hear footsteps behind me. I quicken my pace. Whoever is following me has quickened his pace. I decide to dart into the alley. <laughs> A sinister-looking man ducked in the alley with me. I decide to run. Stop, Sam Shovel, stop. Listen, you, what's the idea of following me? Who's following you? When you left the locker room, you buttoned my suspenders to the back of your pants. <laughs> Anything is liable to happen to you in this business. 
I arrive at my office. The floor is all covered with fallen leaves. There are twigs all over the floor. This is my branch office. <laughs> I remember when I started this business in 1928, I didn't have a penny to my name. My clothes were shabby, my shoes were full of holes. That was in 1928. Then a horrible thing happened in 1929. The depression hit me and I lost everything. <laughs> That's long enough. I pick up the phone. Hello? Is Boo there? Boo-hoo. Huh? Boo-hoo, boo-hoo. Oh, don't cry. Things ain't so bad. <laughs> it's times like this that I wish my pal Lieutenant Abbott of the Homicide Squad was here. There's a real cop. When he goes after a crook, he leaves no stone unturned. He never caught anybody, but he's turned over every stone in Los Angeles. <laughs> Abbott is quite a talker. Every time he opens his mouth, he puts his foot in it. One day, while he was sitting with his foot in his mouth, the chief hit him over the head. <laughs> Abbott sat right down and wrote a big song hit. You've all heard it. All I want for Christmas is my two front toes. <laughs> Lieutenant Abbott is used to getting hit on the head. He's got so many stitches in his head that he has to comb his hair with knitting needles. Hello, Sam Shovel. It's my pal, Lieutenant Abbott. Sam, you look mighty tired. I am, Lieutenant. <laughs> Every day I have all the weight of this office in my lap. You mean you have all the weight of this office on your shoulders? No, my secretary won't sit on my shoulders. <laughs> Besides, I ain't been feeling so good. I got punk toothbrush. No, you mean you got pink toothbrush. No, I mean punk toothbrush. The bristles are all falling out. <laughs> Doc said, Sam... I've been looking for you. Where were you all day? Driving around Beverly Hills. Oh, I love to drive around Beverly Hills. So do I. You hit a better class of pedestrians up there. <laughs> you were there on a case, I presume? Yes, a real clever crook. He's the only guy I ever saw who would work both ends against the middle and get away with it. What does he do? Plays the accordion. <laughs> Enough of this chit-chat, Sam. You're in plenty of trouble. Uh, you were responsible for sending a machine gun magoon to prison and his mall. Dangerous Dorothy has sworn to get yes, you. Yes, Dangerous Dorothy, the most beautiful gun mall in the racket. Lieutenant, you say that Dorothy was sworn to get me? Yes. Well, I got news for you. She can have me. <laughs> ah, so there you are. Don't move, coppers. These guns are loaded. Sam, it's her. Dangerous Dorothy. Lieutenant Abbott, I'm going to kill you. Please don't kill me, Dorothy. I'm too young to die. I, I beg you. I beg of you on bonded knees. Not bonded knees. You're wrong. That's bended knees. He's right. With all the stuff he guzzles, his knees are bonded. <laughs> please, Dorothy, don't shoot me. Please, please. Lieutenant Abbott, I'm ashamed of you. Groveling on your knees like a sniveling coward. Be like me. I'll tell her a thing or... Sam Shovel, I'm going to kill you, too. <clears throat> now, what were you going to say? Abbott, you're taking up the whole floor. Move over, give me more room to kneel down. <laughs> Dorothy, please, Ferris. We'll do anything to make, to make amends. Anything you say. Yes, Dorothy, you shouldn't be mad at me. I think you're beautiful. Come on, let's you and me kiss and make up. What do you mean, kiss and make up? We just met. Well, let's kiss and make up for all the time we lost. <laughs> 
Well, I don't know. My boyfriend, Machine Gun Magoon's in prison. And I am kind of lonesome. Viola, why not let Sam cheer you up? He's quite a lover, you know. How good would you say you are, Sam? You know, in my mob, we rate the guys according to the number of girls that are crazy about him. If a guy's got six girls crazy about him, he's called a cannon. Five girls, he's a shotgun. Two girls, he's a revolver. Well, Sam, how do you stack up? Shake hands with a water pistol. <laughs> oh, Sam, you're cute. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe you could be the guy to take Magoon's place. I'm gonna give you a chance. Come here. What are you gonna do? I'm gonna kiss you a couple of times. How's uh, that? That's what I call a hydromatic kiss. A hydromatic kiss? Yes, she went from first to second without shifting. <laughs> Sam, I think you got her. Huh? I think you got her, Sam. Yeah, Play up to her and, and she may not kill us. Dorothy, if I can make you forget Magoon, will you spare our lives? Sam, I'll accept your proposition. If you can give me a kiss that'll make me forget Magoon, I won't shoot you. Uh, and you won't shoot me either. It's a deal. Sam. Sam, I'm the... That's me. Excuse me. Go ahead. All right. <laughs> Sam, I'm depending on you. Put everything you got into this kiss. It means our lives. Don't worry, Lieutenant. They don't call me love lips, Sam, for nothing. Come here, Dorothy. <laughs> Well, Dorothy, what do you think? Ladies and gentlemen... Wait a minute, just a minute. Two shots, please. That's right. <laughs> He's just gonna kill me off alone. He goes with me. <laughs> now, Viola. <laughs> it says here, two loud shots. <laughs> Gentlemen, if you want to hear a detective show next week, tune into the <laughs> Fat Man, Ellery Queen, or this is your FBI. Oh, you get out of here, will you? <laughs> now, before Abbott and Costello have their final fling, we bring you one more thought on this subject.
Well, Costello, that was quite an interesting case you did tonight. Uh, Would you like to tell the folks what your Sam Shuttle case was for uh, case for next week is about? He really I'll got you, didn't he? Would you like to tell the folks uh, what your Sam Shovel case for next week is about? Yeah, yes, I would. That's fine. Folks, next week I will do a murder story. I call it the case of the young bride who set fire to her 60-year-old husband's beard, or there's no fuel like an old fuel. <laughs> That's it, folks, and our writers are working on it now. Our writing staff is headed by Eddie Foreman with Paul Conlon, Pat Costello, Martin Ragaway, and Len Stern. Our sound men, I don't know. <laughs> Our producer is Charles Vander. Be sure to be with us next Thursday. Good night, folks. Good night to everybody in Patterson. Good night. Listen each Thursday night at this time for another great Abbott and Costello show, produced and transcribed in Hollywood. Be sure to stay tuned for the outstanding entertainment which follows throughout the evening on this ABC station. <laughs> 